Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? I'm doing pretty well. Trying to enjoy the last last bit of summer weather we're having here before we get back into that fall season. Yeah, the opposite. I'm like, let's let's get this over with. Like, I just want to get through the fall. Like, I want the leaves of the fall. I want the the pumpkin spice lattes to come out freely. No, I'm not ready. Yeah, it's just funny. I'm just like, I'm I'm ready. Like, just bring it. I'm I'm ready for this uh, summer to be over. It's, it's just I think the heat was fun for a while. You know, sun t- sunshine and lollipops and whatever else. And now I'm just like, no. Just, just end it. You've had enough, eh? Yeah. But I, I, I'm always like that with summer. Like, summer starts, and I'm always like, ah, this is so much fun. Oh, cool. I love this. I can go to water parks and do it. And then, like, mid-August, I'm just, like, clocking out. I'm like, I'm done with you, summer. Like, I've been with too much of you. <laughs> but, of course, it, it's also a bit of a downside, too, because, like, as much as I... Uh, I'm not particularly a fan of um, summer the last little bit. Also, you gotta think like fall. Like we've got things like the Vancouver International Film Festival and stuff like that. Like it's gonna That's be right. busy ass time. So. That's right. We got stuff coming up. Yeah. Movies. Seasons changing. Oscar season. Yeah. No, I I used to do so much more for the. Uh, festival season i used to go to toronto international film festival tiff and then i would go from that directly to austin for the fantastic fest uh and both of those were around a week tiff can sometimes be like a week and a half and then i would come back and finish with biff which at least if biff is in the home home city of vancouver but still it's like i i would just get so exhausted by the end of it i'd be a zombie just like uh... that's a long movie going back to back yeah once I fell asleep during a movie and Taika Waititi actually caught me falling asleep and gave me the dirty eye. So somewhere out there, Taika Waititi knows who I am and he's a little upset I fell asleep during a movie. We were both at. So Taika, if you're listening, I am sorry. But also, that's just the life. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's get into the news because, oh boy, Marvel and DC, I don't know which I'm... I'm not, I don't know. I think both are just making it hard for me to be a fan lately. Honestly. Like, you know, everyone's like, Marvel or DC, which one do you like more? I'm like, honestly, I don't like any of them right now. They're both, they're all terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She-Hulk is really testing my love of Marvel right now. Uh, I mean, the, the internet's exploded with the She-Hulk um, post-credit scene for episode three, just how fucking stupid it is. Uh I, I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch it really and everything I see that like just on social media about that show I'm kind of like I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch this because yeah it's like I don't, I don't even want to know yeah cool well let's uh Marvel's got other stuff going on uh they're apparently gearing up to uh cast the Fantastic Four uh apparently there's a very heavy rumor that they're going to announce the cast at San Diego Comic-Con, or not San Diego Comic-Con, sorry, uh, D23, which is uh, 
it's not, it was not this past Friday, but it's going to be Friday the 9th, so, should, uh, yeah, I see that, it'll probably be the place to make some announcements. Also, too, I've heard a rumor that, um, Ben from, Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four apparently shows up in, in She-Hulk, so, I think that would be very, like, serendipitous to be like, oh, yeah, he's here, by the way, here's the rest of the Fantastic Four cast, so. Maybe, maybe they have them cameo in She-Hulk. Maybe that would be enough to save She-Hulk. Probably not. But, um, but yeah, the there was a whole bunch of stuff going on with the rumored casting. Devin Faraci, who, who used to run Badass Digest and birth movie staff, uh, he was on a podcast, and he says he made allusions that the guy from You was in the running for... Mr. Fantastic, and then he backed on that was like, oh, I didn't actually know anything. I was just saying it would be a great casting. I'm like, um, it sounded like he kind of sounded like he knew something, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we've got some rumored Sue Storm casting possibilities, including Lily James and Jodie Comer. Um, these are two names that come up quite often with Sue Storm, so also kind of, I guess, indicates what age they're going for, so probably like your late 20s, early 30s, something like that. A little bit of a younger Fantastic Four, perhaps. Oh, that was Jody person. Oh, hey, there's Spark. Yeah, what has Jodie Comer been in? Like, I know her name, but I'm trying to remember what she's been in. Lily James, like, yeah, I know her. Yeah, I know Lily James. Yeah. So she was in Free Guy. Oh, she was the Molotov girl. Oh, that. Huh. Yeah, I, I saw that movie, for better or for worse. Um, Alright, oh, she was in The Last Duel as well, which was, that was a tough movie to watch. I didn't see it. Um, yeah. Also, too, uh, I don't want to accept cookies on your website, wherever you are. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, the big Marvel cast, you know, though, apparently some uh, radio DJ guy, uh, his name is Emmett Kennedy, he also on Twitter came out and said that Marvel is going to announce some epic talent for Phase 5, um, and he cited that the following actors are all working with Marvel in various capacities. He says, John Boyega, Henry Cavill, Jody Cora, which we just talked about, Daisy Edgar Jones, John Krasinski, Giancarlo Esposito, and Denzel Washington. The, the last one where I'm like, I think your pockets are to crack. I just started making a list because I don't, I don't know what this. Um, yeah. Also, it's like this guy is not a regular insider for Marvel or anything. Like he's a broadcaster on talk radio or something. So I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Take take it with a heavy like module of salt, but yeah, I'm not sure I quite uh, quite believe him. I mean, I, I can definitely see Marvel maybe trying to like get some of those names. Um, I don't really know exactly what characters it would all be for, but yeah, maybe it does seem it does seem a little uh, idealistic, perhaps. <laughs> they yeah. managed to like sign contracts with all of them, like already and everything, but yeah, hey, who knows? Yeah. This seems very much like fulfilling fan cast dreams. I, I don't know. In this, Marvel's done that before, so not to say it's totally unprecedented, but it's also like, and that's a little bit of a stretch. Especially yeah. John Boyega, because he seems like he's like, I don't want to do any of these big name movies. Like he's doing the the Warrior King and stuff like that, but he doesn't seem that interested in doing like your big franchise stuff anymore. Oh, I was going to uh, push for the push against the Denzel thing just because Marvel hasn't um, most of the uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what, like, if he was doing a smaller thing, sure, but Denzel has like has not done franchises. He's, like, he's only done one sequel. Like, that doesn't sound like him, but also, you know, maybe in his Twilight, he, he kind of wants something easier, right? Like, he's kind of pushing himself. Yeah. I just... That doesn't seem like what's happening. Like that tier of actor and actress have not done Marvel movies. 
uh, like when I think about the thoughts, I'm thinking about like Tom Cruise, like Tom Hanks, like Meryl Streep, like Julia Roberts, people that are, you know, 90s golden children. Yeah. Uh, none, of, none of them have dove in. I mean, but Glenn Close, which was not in that tier, but she's not far off, did Guardians of the Galaxy in a smaller role. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe something like that. I could see. I mean, Sylvester Stallone, same, same thing, a smaller role. So I take that back because Sylvester Stallone is in that tier. Yeah. I, anyway, <laughs> I don't know why, but I would love to see Denzel as Norman Osborn. I think that would be really, he would, he would crush that role. Oh, I like your thinking. Like, just somebody who's just like really, like, I know in Spider Man No Way Home, there's like, no, there's no Norman Osborn in this universe, but fuck it. Like, you can change shit. Like, he's just. Yeah. Um, John Krasinski, I'm guessing they'll just bring him in as mainline MCU Reed Richards because, I mean, he played like an offshoot of it in Multiverse of Madness. It wouldn't be a stretch to be like, oh yeah, there's also this other version of him in the mainline multiverse or whatever that you know, we, we would be checking out. Jigger mm-hmm. um, Esposito, I don't know, a lot of people said like Magneto or Professor X. Sure, something like that would be good. The rest of them, I'm like, I, yeah. I know Jody Gormer, they mentioned, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sue Storm. But the rest of them, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you, what you would put them in. Just have Henry Cavill as Superman, but in the Marvel Universe. There you go. Okay. Uh, Werewolf by Night reportedly taps Fraser alum Harriet Sampson. Harris as the Halloween special's big bad. So, yeah, it's a big, big part of it. But the thing is, I've actually been rewatching Frasier, so I know exactly who they were talking about when they announced this. But, yeah. Good on Marvel. Um, okay, what else? Uh, Thunderbolts. Yelena Belova will reportedly lead a team that includes US Agent and Baron Zemo. Now, this comes from a Deadline reporter who was on a podcast, and he also said, too, that this is going to be like Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad, which I'm like, oh, boy. Yes. I I hope they don't just try to go one for one with that. Like, I want them to, to do their own thing. Like, I get those similarities, but I'm like, don't don't just copy-paste, please. No. They got some Harley Quinn knockoff or something in this. I'm going to be like, please, stop. I, I know nothing about these characters or anything, but <laughs> uh, I can't keep up with all the Marvel stuff. <laughs> it's too much. Hey, we watched Falcon and Winter Soldier because it set this up. That's <laughs> uh, <more. laughs> it did. Yeah, that, I mean, that was you know, I feel invested at this point because I watched that garbage ass show. We're <laughs> <laughs> in too deep now. Yeah. <laughs> I watched this, like, 10-hour-long show just because they were like, hey, here's your new Captain America, and by the way, we got a new team. Like, I guess, I'm, I guess I'll have to check it out now. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, and the Wonder Man Disney Plus series, which is in development, we'll see the return of Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley, as Trevor Slattery. I, I just, I don't get this because it's like, they just started that, like, oh, it's a little joke, like, he was an actor, and he was kind of a dummy, or whatever, and then he showed up to Shang-Chi, and I was like, oh, okay, like, they didn't really need him in this, but they really forced him on us, now they're bringing him back again, and I'm just like, what, what like, could we just not just, like, leave some characters out to pasture, like, did he really need to come back? I don't know, what do you, what do you all think? Yes, we, we need the adventures of Ben Kingsley's The Mandarin. <laughs> when did it see I mean, I'm looking up Wonder Man now. I don't know. It seems kind of cool. Uh, energy, physiology, flight, immortality, powerful, and vulnerability. Used to be a supervillain, but then became a superhero and a prominent member of the Avengers. I don't know. I could. I, I wouldn't mind an arc of him being a bad and kind of seeing where that goes. I've never heard of this person in, in my life, um, but his powers seem cool. Yeah. I think the thing is, he's an actor, and I guess the, the, they were probably like, do we have any other actor characters in the MCU? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got Trevor Slattery. Checks out. All right. Yeah. 
So now we're at, we're at Wonder Man and Wonder Woman, but in two different universes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You can see the kind of a lot of public confusion. It's like, wait, is Wonder Man? Is that part of Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. People are like, no, it's a different, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, a whole different thing. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know if DC's doing much better because they seem to be fumbling the ball a little bit too. Marvel just keeps making these baffling decisions, including the twerking scene in She-Hulk. But, you know what, DC, I don't know, I don't, I don't think DC's doing much better. They're they're not doing their fandom event this year, which I, I kind of get. There's not a whole lot going on right now. <laughs> they probably aren't exactly everyone's favorites after canceling Batgirl, but still you think they would have something. But, no, yeah. no fandom. I just, I don't think they have anything to announce. Like, I think in, until they find their um, their Kevin Feige type figure that they're talking about, which I guess might be that Dan Lin guy, but I think like until they actually find find someone and they kind of come up with a plan, like, yeah, I, I just, I don't think they have any projects, like, like new projects to announce or anything in the works, so mm-hmm. it would probably just be showing, I mean, they could, I guess they could show us, you know, maybe a new Flash trailer or something, but Sounds like that movie's also going to be getting some, getting some some revisions or reshoots or something too. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think it would have been like cool if they came and like showed what their plan was for DC because I think for right now everyone's like wondering like what the fuck do they want to do? Like, and yeah, there's like insiders that are saying that they're going to reboot Justice League and all this, but like I think now would have been a good time for them to just be like, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what we're, our plans are, but. I don't, I don't even think they have a plan yet, though, you know. Yeah. With the new studio kind of still kind of taking charge of things, or I, I, I think they're probably still just kind of assessing, like, what, what they should even do with DC. Or, so, uh, I mean, I imagine that's why they're not having the event, because they pretty much just don't have, they don't have anything to, you know, <laughs> to really confirm or, yeah. I uh, I keep thinking Dan Lin is a lot younger than he is, because he looks like he's like 30 or something. I look on off and he's like almost 50, and I'm like, how does this guy look so young? This is very strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, Warner Brothers Insiders reportedly believe that Zack Snyder's Justice League quote-unquote never should have happened. Because, I guess they, were, they they think it just divided the fan base even further. They weren't, they're not big fans of it. Which, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this, Adam. I mean, I just have to laugh almost, like... I don't know, like, I wonder who, you know, like, who, who is this insider? Like, which insider, you know, like, is, this was probably someone, like, from old WB. You know, maybe it was someone involved in the reshoots and the Joss Whedon cut of that, and, you know, like, I mean, like, to someone, like, I don't know, like, to all those people who, who greenlit that, like, yeah, maybe it wasn't a good decision because it just kind of showed, like, how unnecessary, you know, all, all those reshoots were and everything. But, um, I don't know, like, how could it not have been, you know, you, you released a movie that hardly cost any any more money to make, because it was already, you know, it was, it was just a different cut of a movie you already had. It made you a bunch of money, you know, and pushing HBO Max subscriptions and, you know, and everything. And, um, I don't know, what, even one, like, a, like, an Oscar moment or whatever. Like, I don't know how you, how you, it's, you know, it's, like, it's not this thing. It, it, it pretty much cost you nothing and made you money and got a bunch of publicity. It's, I don't know if that's a bad if that's a bad decision in your books or, but I, I think that's something that kind of helps the brand or even in the business decision. Is you know, I don't know. Yeah, dividing the fan base. I mean, I think WB was the one who divided the fan base with the original Joss Whedon cut of Justice League. So. You know, oh, go ahead, Spark. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, to me, it just... <clears throat> I don't see it... Like, I don't think it himself divided the fan base. I think it was their inability to commit to that universe. Like, they seem to think, like, oh, we just put out this one movie and everyone's going to be happy. Like, did you really think that... Did you really think that was actually going to work? Like, that's where I'm a little, like, huh, that's a little strange, guys. Like... I get you know, yeah. if you want to put out this movie, but then you should commit to the sequels to it and stuff like that. Like, 
that's where I think the contingency show, like, surprised that, like, oh, people want a sequel to this? Like, yeah, of course, and you gave people a, uh, you gave people this movie, like, it's, I don't know, it just seems like they are digging their own grave, because it's like, you can't just say you're going to make this one movie and then forget about it, like, I don't know. It's, it, I think their mistake was to agree to make it without agreeing to actually follow up with the sequels, so... Yeah, that's well said. Because it, it, it was, uh, I mean, the movie was obviously setting up further projects, and they had to have been aware that, you know, that that was a possibility that, you know, maybe it was a success and people want to see more. So, yeah. They just, yeah, and, you know, and I don't know, you know, it's like, I, don't, I still don't think it has to be one or the other. And whether or not Zack Snyder comes back, I mean, they can still use the actors that he's casted and stuff. And, but, um, yeah, I don't know. They they could really yeah. I I think the fans have just kind of been left in the dark about what what's going on and what direction they're going with, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of yeah. Yeah, it definitely could have done some better planning. I think that's uh, ultimately the big failing of it. Is like yeah, I I'm not even saying that like I liked it. I thought it was way too long. Personally, I'm like, I'm like my ass is falling asleep while watching this damn thing, but <laughs> otherwise I enjoyed it so. Um, okay. Uh, oh, um, speaking of, doesn't sound like potential new DC Films boss Dan Lin is too keen on quote-unquote Autobot Snyderverse fans. And, uh, before you get mad at me, that's, that's his words, not mine, so don't, don't shoot the messenger. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, he did a podcast, and yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's weird because it, I, there was like a whole thing about him being the new DC film boss and that was all, I don't know if that was actually made official, but then he's going on podcasts and acting like he is and I'm like, I don't know, like, did they announce that? Did they make a big thing out of that? I don't know. But, I, yeah, I think I, I listened to that clip. I don't know, actually, I don't know if it was even a recent podcast or not, but it might have just been something that was kind of related to DC, so it resurfaced, but mm-hmm. it, 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 I, I think he was more, it sounded like just a joke, like, I think someone kind of just asked him, like, you know, are you scared of getting, like, kind of fan backlash or stuff, and he was kind of, or, and he was kind of like, oh, you mean from Romola's bots or something, or, I, I guess it was, a, it was kind of recently in the media, or there was something about how, like, you know, there's a certain percentage of Snyder fans are bots, but it, it was only, like, something like 10 or 12 percent or that they filmed, which is really not not that high at all. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, just, I think it's, I, I don't know. I just took it as more of, like, a lighthearted joke, or I don't think he's, um, I don't think, like, he's saying everyone's a bot or something. Or, mm. Yeah. It just sounded more like he's just, he was just kind of joking around. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'll, I want to believe he was being a little passive-aggressive, maybe, but, I, I didn't hear it, but I heard the transcript, and I don't know, yeah, it, was, it definitely was like, oh, he seemed like he's maybe throwing some shade, but I didn't actually listen to the whole thing, so maybe he, maybe he was just joking around. That's the thing with these things, they get so taken out of uh, the context sometimes. Yeah, Speaking I of mean, it wasn't really good, uh, I still feel like your first day on the job, you just decide to just alienate a whole fan base, or yeah. <laughs> like, oh, those, those people aren't real, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I don't, I don't think he actually thinks that. Or... Speaking of uh, the, speaking of uh, maybe worth getting taken out of context, Aquaman star Yaha Abdul Mateen II compares his comic book movie roles to "quote unquote" clown work. And yeah, people uh, yeah. people did not like that. People were like, "Oh, no, sir, you are being very rude, sir." Even though it's up to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I, I think I think this was out of context though too, because I I think I saw him, uh, he tweeted something saying like you know I try to explain myself or you know he's like but oh well you know, and I think I think you know I mean obviously yeah like these kind of superhero movies you know it's not the, it maybe doesn't require the same kind of level of of acting and you know and, and depth of character that you know maybe you know, actors kind of really want to sink their teeth into, like, it's more just kind of light, yeah, it is kind of like light clown work, you know, you're just kind of, maybe, it's a little more one-dimensional, or, you know, 
Yeah, I, I get it. You know, I don't even see it as a diss. It's just like, yeah, it's, a, it's just a different kind of genre. It's, you know, it's not, yeah, it's, it's more just kind of popcorn entertainment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not really a bad thing. It's just. No. And, you know, like he was saying, like, you know, Aquaman is not the same as the trial of the Chicago 7. Like, and he's. Yeah, like, right, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, that movie had a fucking turtle with weapons on it. Like, yeah, it's not quite the same as, uh, you know, some, yeah. uh, you know, Oscar award-winning movie. Like, it's just, I don't know. I I get where he's coming from because it's like, yeah, it is not the same. And I think that's okay, too. You don't need all these movies to be the same. Like, I don't expect Aquaman uh, 2 to be the same as, what, uh, like, a David Fincher film or something. Like, it, it, they, they play to different audiences, and that's not a bad thing. So, yeah, it just comes off as rude. I mean, what he's saying is true, but it's like you don't like all of us know that, and so you feeling the need to say it publicly it sounds disrespectful because it's like, what's your point? Yeah, yeah. And he responded after it came out and went viral. He says, "quote unquote, in order to survive and to do it well, you have to play that game and have to be crafty, crafty." Sorry. And when you want to surprise the audience, the director, or yourself with a little bit of wow, I didn't expect to see a Chekhovian thing or August Wilson and Aquaman, but I did. So, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like, you, you do still instill the role with a little bit of pizzazz to kind of make it something special, but, you know, that's, you know, uh, so, but yeah, it just, the whole thing kind of backfired. <laughs> I'm like thinking, I'm like, I don't think DC needs this right now, between all the Batgirl cancellations and other stuff, like, you know, just, I'm sure probably got a call from Dan Lynn, he's like, dude, just, just quiet, please, we don't need this right now. And then, you know, Marvel's fucking twerking. Goddamn. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, on to some a better news. Uh, Harley Quinn earns a season four renewal at HBO Max and gets a new showrunner, so, there nice. we go. I've been uh, I've been watching season three and it's pretty freaking hilarious. So, yeah. if, you, if you want like a very kind of adult oriented, kind of raunchy superhero cartoon, it's it's pretty good. I'm kind of interested about uh, because the co-creators Patrick uh, Schumacher and Justin Halpern are both out, and Sarah Peters is taking over. And... Yeah, I, I believe though. I think she was a writer on the show since the first season. Um, so like they've, they know her and she, she's been on the show for some time and I think they're sort of handing, you know, passing the torch over to her. Um, yeah, kind of can take it from here, you know. Well, she did the season two episode Bachelorette, which I think was pretty popular and that she apparently wrote the, uh, season three premiere as well, so. Yeah, 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 those are all great episodes, so she's, yeah, she's definitely, um, yeah, written some of the big episodes so far and. I guess she, yeah, but, you know, I, I have, you know, my, I have faith in her, you know, just to continue the show and, and continue that quality, too. I, I think it'll be good. I just remember the show runner said at a certain point, they said, like, as long as uh, we're in charge of the show, Harley and Poison Ivy are not going to break up. And now I'm like, well, they're not in charge, so will they break them up? I'm not saying I want that, but I'm saying, like, there's definitely... Uh, a little bit of uh, question marks on that now. So. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop sequel adds Joseph Gordon Levitt and Taylor Page. Um, yeah, it's the Netflix. It's a Netflix, straight to Netflix movie sequel. And uh, it gets a new title. It's uh, going the, the route of Top Gun Maverick where it names the movie after its main character. Beverly Hills Cop, colon, Axel Foley. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about a new Beverly Hills Cop, but there were some set photos that showed um, Eddie Murphy in the iconic jacket. He's, he's definitely filled it out a little bit, but uh, he's back at least. Oh, I haven't seen Eddie Murphy in a while. <laughs> What was the last movie he was? I saw, was like Black Dynamite or something like that. Uh, Dolomite. Dolomite. That was it. I was gonna say the last thing I saw him in was T 
Tower Heist, but that's not like chronologically. It's just like I watched that again recently. Yeah. Decent. Decent movie. Decent movie. Not bad. Uh, I remember it being worse than it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, one, that was actually decent. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that is actually the last time I saw Matthew Broderick act, though. I don't, I don't know what he's been up to. Yeah, I think he's totally fine just being Matthew Broderick doing his thing. Well, put him in the MCU. Let's go, baby. Dr. <laughs> Gant joins the MCU. Yes. <laughs> now you've got my interest. Make him a villain. He gets into another car crash. <laughs> oh, no. That's just mean. That's mean. Yeah. But oh, no. fair. Um, Man of Steel star Henry Cavill emerges as bookmaker's favorite to replace Daniel Craig as James Bond. Uh, sure. I guess. Yeah. That's kind of that's like the obvious choice. I don't know if it's the most interesting choice, but it's kind of like, yeah, okay, handsome white British guy. Sure, it could be Bond. Yeah, well, there's that report that said that, like, they wanted somebody who was in their early 30s, and he's 39, and I'm not saying he's too old, but it's, like, just seems a little weird. Like, if you're gonna, like, he's almost 40, so, but I guess technically he's in his 30s still, so, I guess, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I think they wanted, like, younger James Bond. He's probably, he's probably a bit too old for that, but... Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I think I said on a previous podcast, but I want Aaron Taylor Johnson. Dark Horse. Oh, yeah, he'd be good, too. Yeah. He'd be good. After seeing Bullet Train, I, I could definitely see that, too. Yeah, because Bullet Train, I was like, oh, you're definitely not kick-ass anymore. You're definitely, like, a actor now. So. Yeah. It's all grown up. Yeah. Um, and then final bit of news, House of the Dragon loses co-showrunner Miguel Sapochnik. I probably butchered that, sorry. Uh, but it gains director Alan Taylor, who worked out in uh, Game of Thrones uh, previously for season two. So, there you go. Get some some people back, some people leaving. But, uh, nonetheless, House of the Dragon continues. What do you think of us, Adam? You, you okay with this? And I, yeah, it's a little early to dip out, but I, I guess uh, maybe all he wanted to do was just kind of get the show up and run it and off the ground and, and hand it off to someone else. So, I, you know, I, you know I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the show so far, so mm. I just hope, uh, yeah, just don't screw it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just keep it good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, review one reality show. Hey, everybody. It's Curtis from the podcast. Letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. Okay, we're back. Not a whole lot to review this week. Uh, The only thing really is the show Dated and Related, which is out on Netflix. And uh, no, it is not a show about incestuous dating. Uh, It is a show where uh, siblings go on to a dating show and buy for... I think it was like $100,000 uh, with the goal being that uh, they they find love and uh, the strongest couple at the end uh, loses, or sorry, wins $100,000. Uh, this was definitely a very stupid show. Uh, I say this in the sense that like when I watched uh, Love is Blind, Love is Blind at least felt very realistic and nice in that sense where it was like, okay, this is clearly just another one of these shows, but at least they kind of seem to be putting in a little bit of extra charm and effort with it. This seemed more kind of like your cliche dating show. Uh, it oftentimes just kind of felt a little too ridiculous. Um, also, too, they kept kind of changing things to kind of keep the show interesting, and that kind of got a little obnoxious after a while, where I'm like, okay, you're just trying to 
you're just adding things to this and you're not really doing much with it. I, can, I don't want to get into spoilers, but yeah, basically the, the, the show kind of found itself very, um, just, I don't know, just didn't seem to really know what to do with itself where it was kept adding people and adding people and adding things and adding things and then didn't ever quite pay off on that. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it like seven out of 10. It's, if you're into these kind of shows, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, it's at least watchable and in some points decent enough, but yeah, I think it's seven out of 10. If you're into this kind of stuff, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Okay, let's take another quick break. This was a very quick segment this week, but alas, that's where we're at. When I come back and we're going to recap She-Hulk House of Dragons and talk about the rescuers down under. Back in a bit. All right, we're back. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, She-Hulk. Episode 3, I want to say. Yes, episode 3. Um, what did you all think of She-Hulk, episode 3? Um, yeah, I. Uh, so I will commend them for, like they said, she said from the very beginning, like, this is not a superhero show, this is a lawyer show. And they've kept that promise um there's very little she-hulkness uh and even the the fight at the end is like i kind of almost rather you didn't have it uh because <laughs> that was bad and dumb uh, and uh i continue to really like her and not so much the show itself but like i she will always keep me coming back uh I just I'm 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 mesmerized by by her and it's not just her looks, um, and uh, Abominable is actually pretty funny in this one too. I liked him. Yeah. So that's all I'll say. I, there's more, but I don't want to take everything. Yeah, you think I'm like? Oh, Kate's here. Hi, Kate. Hi. How's it going? Good. I've been here for very long, actually. And I didn't realize that I was disconnected. So, I could hear everything, but no one could hear me, turns out. Anyway. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, <laughs> anyway, I really like Wong showing up. Yes. And the way that he just escaped legal accountability by going into his circle of transportation is nice I really like She-Hulk as well I think that she's a really self-aware character mm -hmm. um, and she, I I don't know how I feel about them always breaking the fourth wall 
um, like her driving and then her turning to the camera saying, this is not going to be a cameo show or something. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them doing that, but other than that, and like Spark said, the final fighting scene, I know that they were setting up for a villain to emerge, but I think that was kind of... I'm so ready to be disappointed by who that is. Like, uh, I saw all these, like, Think Piece articles on that, like, who could it be? What if it's Norman Osborn? I'm like, nah, you guys are fucking give this show way too much fucking credit. It's a, it ain't gonna be, it's not going to be this, like, big wow moment. It's gonna be more like, oh, okay. The other villains have been, I don't want to say throw away to be disrespectful, but uh, generally the villains in the TV shows aren't super important. Uh, except for Loki, of course. Um, so no, it shouldn't be, you know, it, it, it could be, it's going to be like a C or a B person. No big yeah. deal. I feel like it'd be someone that, like, just wants to be a Hulk. And that's why they were trying to pierce your skin or whatever, to get into your blood. I, I like that. The, the main, at first I thought it was Abomination, but then I'm like, why would he need Hulk's blood? Because yeah. he already is a Hulk. So, I think if they really wanted to, like, get the fans just in themselves, because that's what the show apparently wants to do, they're going to bring in the guy that played the leader way back in The Incredible Hulk, because the show seems to really be like, remember that movie? And, I don't know, I, I just have a feeling they'll have him show up, and, I don't know, maybe he wants to make an army of Hulks or something. Or maybe, maybe the actual boss is Megan T. Stallion, and then she's just going to have a twerking battle, and that's how they're going to end the show. I don't know. It could go either way. Really fixated on the twerking part. Uh, that scene got me visibly upset. Like, I was very angry about that. <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the show ends, and then there's a post credit scene, which has been for, like, every episode. But this one has She-Hulk and Megan T. Stallion uh, twerking in her office and it just was like what am I watching this is this this is Marvel's jumping the shark moment um although maybe we can call this their twerking the shark moment (laughs) and the thing is I've seen a lot of people just been like what the fuck was the scene even about like really and uh the show creator has actually come out and defended it she said that uh, the actress that plays She-Hulk is a very big Megan T. Stallion fan and she wanted to like give her a moment, I guess. So, yeah, this is very odd. My, uh, I didn't love that scene either. And they were like, it's a comedy, and I was like, okay, well, sometimes people tell bad jokes. Like, I don't like a show being a comedy doesn't absolve it <laughs> of all. But what I actually didn't like about that kind of larger thing is like, I think like Marvel's sense of culture, it doesn't chase it. And um, I felt like it, like, damaged the brand. Like, that episode just damaged the brand. It's like, Megan Thee Stallion is a very popular artist. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, look, we have a guest star as the show needs it. Like, that's not, that's a, that to me is jumping the sharks for Marvel. Because nothing like that has happened in any of their other shows. They're not, like, bringing on Justin Bieber to a crowd wooing. Right? Yeah, that's... That's not, like, stay in your, like, you set the lane, you don't beg people to watch by bringing someone that, that has a vibe. And I would say five, ten, maybe less years from now, like, that seems going to look, that, this episode's going to look worse and worse, because Megan Thee isn't going to be here. Uh, and, like, that's not a, a diss on her, it's, it's just music. Very few artists last a long time. We're going to be watching this with our kids, and they're going to be like, who's Meg T. Stallion? But we're all going to be like, I wish I could tell you. Like, Not even our kids, dude. Just like... But anyway, I think Marvel's better than that, and like, that's not a diss on Megan. I love Megan's music. Check check my title on Spotify, my guy. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I just... It, it did feel like they were grasping for relevance, which is cringy. Yeah. To, uh... Yeah, you know, like, it's kind of like when Game of not it's not the same thing at all, but people made fun of Game of Thrones when they included Ed, Ed Sheeran. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. You're Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, they did have uh, Elon Musk and 
in uh, Iron Man too. So you know, gotta chase them. They needed it at that time. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like Marvel was a Marvel. So I'm pretty sure. I don't play yeah, Elon Musk at the time was probably not super popular either. Oh, he also wasn't Elon Musk. Yeah, but I'm saying even if he was, I wouldn't blame Elon Iron Man two for gra- like that's when you need uh, whoever was the big Nicki Minaj to come in and do a, a, a cameo in your movie. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, and then there was the whole, like, fight at the end, which I guess was supposed to be Wrecking Crew, which is, like, a group of villains in the MCU that have Asgardian stuff, and they didn't really make a big deal out of it, it was just, like, whatever name was Bugs, and I was, like, and then afterwards, I was, they were, like, oh, that was, uh, actually the Wrecking Crew, and I'm, like, really? They did not make any sort of mention of that at all, and I was, like, I, I get that, like, Marvel fans dig into everything, but, like, you also should have a show stand on its own and explain things where I don't have to have a fucking companion piece article to explain what I'm watching. I don't know, it just kind of felt a little, like, oh, you think you would actually mention that or make note of that, but I guess not. Uh, yeah. What, what, what's everyone think for a score for She-Hulk episode three? Six. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Six point five. Uh, I'm gonna go with a five. This is just really missed the mark. Yeah. Five stuff, but I, I don't blame you. I I I'm hoping that the show improves from here because I do like the lead actress, but I don't know if she's enough for me to stick with the show. Like especially when a lot of other doing in the show so far is just a little yeah. I, I think what the big problem with the show is is that they just haven't found its identity yet. And it seems like the show is trying to be so many different things, but they've yet to kind of figure out what kind of show this is. So, I don't know. Hopefully the show finds its footing as we get closer to the finale. But one show that definitely knows what it's doing and uh, loves to just weird you out with a bunch of weird-ass shit is House of the Dragon. It's episode 2. Adam, what do you think of episode 2? Uh, you know, I really liked it. Um, yeah, there was some weird shit. Um, some scenes that were kind of uncomfortable, but, um, I liked it, yeah. I do think that some of the kind of twists or reveals at the ending were, were a little predictable. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of who the king was going to marry, um, and in terms of who the, uh, the guy was talking to at the very end, it was like, okay, I, I kind of saw these two things coming, but, um, yeah. Um, but overall, no, I mean, I, I thought it was a well-done episode. Um, uh, the, the actor who plays the Hand of the King, um, he, he's, he's done a really good job. Um, and he, I don't know, I, I, I kind of liked his, uh, kind of more the focus on his character there. Um, especially when, like, the dragon girl just shows up, um, to kind of resolve everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, holy shit, like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, and I didn't realize, too, that there's apparently plans to replace the lead actress with somebody older. Yeah, apparently that was also news to me that the show is going to have, like, a time jump somewhere, like, halfway through the first season, so... Yeah. It's all the... Yeah, and I'm like, I really like her. I'm like, she's, like, she's a really good actress, and I'm kind of... I kind of wish we got maybe some more time with, with her as the character, so... Yeah. But I don't assume that's going to happen, or hopefully it's not like the next episode, but maybe maybe a few down the road. Or Yeah, I think they said it's within five episodes, so we're only like two episodes. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest, I, I think I like her more than Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a, you know, kind of a badass dragon girl, I'm like, wow, okay, she's, yeah, this girl's winning me over. Also, well... Like, like, if you've read the books, you know what happens with the characters, and I think some of the stuff they're going to be doing, it's like, yeah, maybe a little awkward with this girl who, I don't know how old she is, but she definitely seems young, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess like 12 or 13 or something. Yeah. Oh, she's 22, so not that young. But... Yeah. She looks quite young. Yeah. She's the character. She's 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it's... This episode definitely is setting up that 
yeah, there's going to be some turmoil if or when the king decides to die. So, uh, yeah. I don't spoil. I'm not saying like they definitely like they they have them with a grayscale and they're you know like uh, it's interesting that like it, the show definitely seems to be like laying out the conflict at hand, which I think is very good. Um, Game of Thrones, the original, did that quite well too in the early seasons, where it's like okay. You see the different houses, you know what they're all kind of buying for and trying to accomplish. And uh, this is kind of doing something similar, I feel like, so. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see a conflict with the, between her and the uncle coming down. Mm. Um, yeah, I do find that, like, the wigs in the show are laughable a lot of the times. Like, I'm sorry, but... Uh, Who's the, um, Matt Smith? Like, his wig is so bad in the show. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I don't know. I just wanted to talk about how bad they are, but... You got the big blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, episode mostly is just kind of, like, setting a lot of things up, which the first episode was, too. Oh, this one actually had the, um, opener, the, uh, title sequence, which the first one didn't. I totally forgot that the first episode didn't have that because the second one started, they had started playing it, and I was like, did they play this during the first episode? Like, I, I felt like I missed it or something, and then I went back and watched and realized they didn't actually have it in the first episode, so go figure. Well, it's interesting. They, they kept the same theme song, too, which I guess they have to because it's so iconic now, but... Yeah. I have some new visuals, but it's like, yeah, that's cool. You gotta keep it the same so when people are grabbing their drinks and they hear it, they know it's, it's starting to run to watch, so... Yeah, that's gonna be like the Game of Thrones universe like theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then what was great was when they tried to pass up the twelve-year-old daughter to the king, and was like, "Please, this is very strange." <laughs> well, we were gonna talk about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> the scene that the, the moms took umbrage with, which the the people behind the show quickly shot down. They're like, "Why are you letting fucking your kids watch this fucking show? Like dumbasses." Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, what I've always liked about Game of Thrones, too, is that they kind of balance, like, kind of like the the real world kind of stuff of, like, kind of like the horrible stuff that actually happened in the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. and then, but, you know, it's also all fantasy, too, but they don't, like, shy away from, from that stuff, either. Yeah. Uh, and, it, yeah, it was pretty rough to see, you know, this 12-year-old girl coming up to this to the king and it's like I will, I will bear you many children, and I will be a great wife. And it's like, oh my god, this is, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah, unfortunately, that stuff, this stuff happened. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we gonna give this episode a score of? What are you, what are you thinking? You know, I'm, I'm riding high on this show. I, I'm really liking it. Um, and um, I'm, I'm going to give it a 9 again. I, uh, that might be a little too generous, but uh, I, I really enjoy it. Um, and even though it's a little predictable, some of the, some of the end reveals there. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I can't wait till tonight's episode. Um, want to see those crab people or whatever's going on. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to watch uh, a little bit of Pirates of the Caribbean in my, in my Game of Thrones. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a 9, too, although I am docking it the one point from being a 10, mainly because those wigs are fucking awful. Um, but, yeah, I know I do really like the show. It, it's coming along quite well. Um, time will tell if the story here is as memorable as Game of Thrones, for better or for worse. Um, but, yeah. Because I do kind of... I wonder how long the show is going to go on for, too, because like I know the plot that they're adapting, and I don't see this being a very long show. And they're breezing through stuff that otherwise in the books took them a little bit longer. So I'm, yeah, I'm a little curious how this is going to be flowing and structured, but I'm not going to dock this episode for that because who knows, they might trust that. But it does seem like we're in a little bit of a what's going to happen next kind of feel. So, all right. Um, let's talk about the movie club this week, which is The Rescuers Down Under, which is... You know, the lead actress in House of the Dragon is Australian. And where does The Rescuers Down Under take place? Australia. So there you go. Um, what did you all think of The Rescuers Down Under? I liked it. Um, I, 
you, have you seen it before? Yeah, several times. Um, okay. But I, so I immediately, I'll admit to the people, like, I didn't watch the whole thing. I've seen this movie enough. I had yeah. fully aware of how I felt about it, but I did, uh, I, I watched some scenes on YouTube and a little bit on Disney Plus just as a refresher. Uh, and uh, I, I, when I was a kid, I was happy out. It was so pretty, even though it's in the house. I, like, it wasn't like, like sexual it was more like admiration she still got it you know it's a little tiny mouse but she just carries herself so well uh and i was really scared of the hunter when i was a kid and mm. i get it now it's just such bad vibes <laughs> it's, yeah it's such like red alert like it makes my skin crawl uh, and uh his lizard thing is still super fun with it to me i like it mm-hmm I'll let people get into it, and then I have more. Um, yeah. Anybody else uh, got a chance to watch this for Movie Club? No. All right. Uh, yeah. I uh, this one's a classic for me. Like I, I got this movie funny enough from McDonald's way back in the day. I don't think people know this, but back in the day when you would get like a Happy Meal McDonald's, sometimes they would just throw in a VHS and. I guess some random movies from that. Like, I remember got Back to the Future from McDonald's and this movie and a few others. And, uh, yeah, this movie was uh, one that I always, I always really liked. Although, I found out now it's, like, kind of like a cult, cult movie in the grand scheme of Disney. Kind of in that in-between phase before they started to, like, get to, like, Aladdin and Little Mermaid and stuff like that. But I really enjoyed this movie. And, like, the voice cast is great. John Candy as the big albatross is just great. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, George C. Scott is the hunter. Like, oh, he's so good. He's so menacing and, like, I don't know, just he gives off these very bad vibes. But I absolutely love it. So. I love who that is. I'm, like, looking him up now. And Dr. Strange Love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's three. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> such a. Uh, yeah. Oh, he and Firestarter was really fun. Not the old one. The, yeah, um, the original, yeah. Yeah, so I said I just came out. And anyway, uh, yes, I did not know that it was a cult fandom. Um, I know it's like one of the lesser quote-unquote Disney movies as far as popularity goes. Uh, similar to like the Great Mouse Detective, uh, uh, Mouse stuff here, but uh, yeah, it's definitely that like second or third tier mm-hmm. for a lot of people. So I like it. And I like this one more than the original. Yeah. Yeah, I always remember the original um, movie. Cause like, this is a sequel, but I feel like this movie is more memorable to me. So. Agreed. I have trouble remembering what even happened the first one. But uh, one other thing, uh, since it's just us, I will hope that more time. But I know that I'm getting like way older than when I first saw this movie because when the eagle uh, is flying with him in the beginning, and he like went. He, like the, the one was like higher than the eagle. It was like, of course, way higher than the eagle you could fly, but because uh, it's a giant eagle, so who cares? Uh, like into the stratosphere almost, and I'm like, hey, that's very dangerous. <laughs> and then it like grasps it with his claws and like tickles him, and I'm like, that would that would cut his skin, and I and I mean like, so, like it is not cute. But of course, it's cartoon, but like that's my adult brain being unable to like enjoy the moment. Yeah. So, understand why these sorts of movies sometimes are lost on adults. I just want the bird to be like, oh, I got a cramp in my throat just in case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, this, it was a good movie. Like, it, it reminded me how much I, I liked it. And uh, even, like, the, um, the little love triangle, they kind of, like, it's not really a love tri- not triangle, I guess, but it's, it's sort of like, oh, they... They they kind of throw in a little bit of conflict there between the mice, just to be like, oh, he likes her, but maybe she likes this other guy, but not really. I mean, yeah. But cool. I have the drama for the for the adults. The kids don't care about that. No, you, you gotta give the adults something to worry about. Yeah, gotta give them a little bit of young and the restless in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what are you thinking of the score, Sparge? Eight. I'd say I'd an 8.25. Okay, yeah. I definitely think this is a, a very underappreciated Disney movie. 
and uh, it's kind of it's this movie, and I would also argue uh, Great Mouse Detective, where it's like I'm kind of glad now that Disney Plus has their back catalog available for people to watch. So uh, I'd give us an eight. That movie. Yeah, I'd give us an eight. Like I, I really do like this movie. Um, it's really nice and short too. Like it's just over an hour. Like there's episodes of TV series nowadays that are all larger than this movie. So. Oh, I mean, they do find the eagle. Eagle's uh, lover is dead. Coacher uh, finally kidnaps him. The rescuers are on it. Like, that's 30 minutes into the, into the movie. But yeah. There's so many made, like, there's no fat. It's like, no. Yeah. This movie is like an hour and 17 minutes. It's, it's, yeah, it's very short, which is good. I don't think this movie needed to be longer than that. I agree. It's a short attention spans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to do some more underappreciated Disney, but next week we're going to do The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So, also on Disney+. Plus, and also relatively short, too, from what I remember. I don't think that one's an overly long run, either. That also will get us into the spoopy mood for the, Hall- for the Halloweens. Okay. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.